Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 288 of Linux in the Hampshire. This is our Weekender edition so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the upcoming contests and conferences and amateur radio events and all kinds of other stuff that is of interest, hopefully, to folks. And then we're going to dive on into hedonism down at the end of the episode to make sure you stay tuned for that. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And you are listening to the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the Internet. And we're going to start off by talking about... This weekend in amateur radio, which means upcoming contests. And we're not quite to field day yet, but we'll be getting there really soon. But there are definitely some contests coming up that lead up to field day. Of course, there are always contests around. So if you want to participate in the hobby, there's plenty of stuff to do. So the first thing we have is the ARRL June VHF contest, which goes from 1800 Zulu on June 8th to 0259 Zulu on June 10th. The bands you can operate on are anything 50 megahertz and up. Any mode will get you to some points. And the notes on this are get your rover running and head out on the highway because we have to make a musical reference in order to be interesting. <laughs> the June VHF. That's what, I, that's what I was thinking about when I wrote it. I was like, let me just put this in here. <laughs> the June VHF contest should be quite active for grid chasers. The summer's e-season has been hopping, and actually Bill showed us a map of six-meter operation right now, and it's like going gangbusters, so six meters wide open. Um, and multi-hopping is available, too, because it's e-season, and... It's busy. Join in on this one, even if you only have six meters. And this one comes from the AWRL. We also have the GACWWSACWDX contest. That's a lot of letters. Uh, this will run from June 8th on 1500 Zulu to June 9th, 1500 Zulu. On the 80 through 10 meter bands, no work, of course. It's CW only. So if you don't feel like doing VHF, you can try out this contest held annually by the Argentina Club, G-A-C-W. So if you want to go straight from 50-meter voice to 80-meter CW, you have a couple of options. And so something for everybody. So, Bill, what do we got next weekend? Yeah, next weekend we got the All-Asian DX Contest, a CW format. It's running from 0 Zulu June 15th to 2400 Zulu June 16th. That's 160 through 10, no work, CW only. Asian stations, DXCC entries once per band, and non-Asian stations, uh, you get them one per band as well. So uh, give that a try. That's over there on the JIRL website. 
the other contest I saw here was the Smirk contest, and this runs uh, from zero zero Zulu to on June fifteenth. Sorry, to twenty four hundred Zulu on June sixteenth. Uh, the band is six meters, so here's your six meters back again. Why not? You uh, you can't get enough of six meters, but you have to use CW or phone. That means you have to have a microphone or a key, not just uh, you know JT eight or FT four or one of those things. So if you've been around six meters for any length of time, you've likely heard about the Smirk contest. I, I actually haven't. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is copy off their website. It's loads of fun. Well, six meters is always fun. Uh, you can meet Smirk better members or become a smirk member during this contest just call cq smirk s-i-s-m-i-r-k so uh you're sure to get some answers so yeah that's something new to me but uh go ahead and give this a you know an excuse to run six meters next weekend as well so uh there you go sounds excellent might give me an opportunity to actually plug a six meter antenna into the rig i have over here and try out some six meters for the well it's not the first time but for the first time in a very long time all right, so do you think, I'm looking at you, Me. yeah, you, you can read a special event story? Without hacking through well, it? Well, uh, even if you have to hack, you can. <laughs> a little hacking's okay. A little hacking's uh, okay. Just, just pause just before. Me, you know, did I send you the cable for that rig, rig as well for your uh, signal link, or did I not? The cable for the signal link. I think it might be in the box. I'll have to look at it. Okay. It probably is. Okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So special event stations in the amateur radio world. We'll have uh, Cheryl tell us what's coming up. All right. GB100 GP to mark Gilwell Park Centenary. Gilwell Park is recognized by many people involved in scouts as the movement's spiritual home. It's also home to scouting's UK administrative headquarters. Gilwell Park also hosts an amateur radio station, GB2GP, which has been getting scouts on the air for over 50 years. The year 2019 is the centenary of the site being donated to Lord Baden-Powell, and there are numerous events taking place to mark this. There's a special call sign, GB100GP, to mark the site's centenary. It will be active at a fun day for beavers and cubs, on the 8th and 9th of June, 2019. If you hear the station, give the young people a call. And as I mentioned in our interview with the ICQ podcast, Bill can't go one episode without mentioning, mentioning the scouts. The scouts, yeah. So, I know. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, this one just kind of fell on my lap. It was just a linked story. So it was like, oh, cool. I just started this in here. But there's no K2BSA. No, it's not 2K2BSA, but guess what? You just mentioned that too. So there you go. Uh, snap. <laughs> All right. You might as well mention Hamvention while you're at it. You know? No, don't do it. <laughs> do it. All right, Cheryl, you can read the next one, too. Okay. It's the SARL Youth Sprint and World QRP Day. The SARL Youth Sprint will be on the air from noon to 1400 UTC on Saturday, the 15th of June, while the IARU Region 1 is promoting Kids Day as a day-long activity on 80 to 10 meters. Monday, June 17th is World QRP Day. From 20 to the 24th of June, you can participate in the SARL Top Band QSO Party and work towards your Top Band Certificate. All right, and that story came from the Southgate ARC, our friends over in the UK. The original one came from the RSGB as well, too, so lots of British stuff today. Go Britland! 
Britland. We're going go going Britland. international with our yeah. podcast. Go Britland, yeah, yeah Britland. Martin and Colin are going to have our heads. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and they have the Tower of London to do it. Yes. All right. <laughs> See, over here, we don't behead people. We just hang them or shoot them. Uh, or, uh, yeah, never mind. Electric chair them. <laughs> Electric chair them? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure, why not? All right, so moving on, we have uh, one announcement, and that is that it's pro- it's been published in the Discord and I think elsewhere, but Facebook and Facebook, and of course on YouTube. Uh, but the ICQ podcast folks met up with us and did an interview with us at the conference that shall not be named. Yeah, we're, we're already made nameless. Yeah, <laughs> um, and they published that today. I think it was today or, or yesterday, one of the two. I uh, Yeah, somebody posted on Facebook today, this morning. Right. So. so our interview, it's a video interview. It's only on YouTube as far as I know. I don't think it's part of their audio podcast. Uh, but they talked with us. They interviewed us. I think it went about yeah 15 minutes-ish or something Good like show. that. And we talked about our show and we talked with them and we all had a great old time. So if you haven't seen it yet, go over to YouTube, check out the ICQ podcast channel. And look for their interview with us here at Linux in the Ham Shack. And it's link. just a hint. It's just a hint of what you missed in the podcast that was not. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Saturday afternoon. Because I don't know. After watching it, I, I might have been a little tipsy already there, I think. <laughs> you think? You, you might have been a little tipsy. <laughs> just, just maybe. You, you, got, just, you guys are working on a, a bottle bit. of whiskey. <laughs> Bill, Bill was... Definitely yeah, I think we pretty hammer. far into yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Cheryl was like, oh, is, no, gonna... Cheryl is always there as the chicken herder. I swear yeah, I'm always yeah. there as the chicken herder. So and then he has to ask me a legitimate question about the scouts, and I'm like, oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't screw this up. Don't <laughs> into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could say. It was, like, oh, it was a very sobering moment. I did speak very clearly at that point. <laughs> Not so clearly before that, but at that point I was pretty clear. But I did fail to mention the heiress contact, which I was like, oh, I missed the heiress contact. God darn it. <laughs> uh, nice. so, yeah, it's a good video. I liked it. I liked it. It was really good. It turned out well. Yeah, I, we I think had it did a lot too. of fun. It, so. it was a lot of fun. And they actually they were having some trouble getting the lighting with the camera but it, it looks like it turned out just fine so well yeah because we were like in the shade they were they shooting were in the from the sun into the yeah, shade but they yeah. they did real well with getting that all taken care of so and then of course martin threw you the do you have a recipe for us and you're like uh oh, yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah nothing like being put on the spot yeah, yeah like you're gonna whip a recipe out of your ass and like <laughs> well i could i could have actually i could have thrown out my uh my cake mix cookies because those are super simple. But no, that's so right. I, I, uh, next Thanks. year, if I'm if I'm asked for a recipe on the spot, I'll be prepared. So. All right. Well, they they will probably not be there next year, but if they are, it would be good to see them again. Yeah. So. All right. Very good. Oh, and uh, what is their URL by the way? ICQpodcast.com? I think so. We should probably put that out there. I mean, it, it only makes sense. Did you, this link that's in the show notes, is that for the YouTube video? That is for the YouTube video, yeah. It's not for, for the podcast. So just uh, when you dig that up, I'm going to read the LHS Ham Radio Challenge, which I just threw in here, and I was kind of short on ideas. So I said, if you want to do something in the ham radio world that you probably don't do very often, 
check into a national or worldwide HF net. They exist, you know, 80, 40, 20 meter nets. They're out there. And if you haven't ever checked into one of those, or even if you have, try doing it once again. Yes, it is icqpodcast.com. icqpodcast.com, not .co.uk or anything like that. It's .com. All right, very cool. So thanks, guys, over at ICQ Podcast. Um, we're going to have to, like, get them on the show. That's what we need to do. Oh, all they, of them. Well, I don't know about all of them. There's a no, lot no, of them. No. <laughs> no, we need to get all of them on the show, yeah. So. Eventually. Uh, eventually, yeah. 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 Coming up in the next episode, we actually have a voicemail from Frank. So. Oh, cool. Sweet. Yep. yep. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah. That's Frank. But definitely, we definitely need to yeah. get them on the show. Of course, recording with them is going to be kind of interesting because they're six hours ahead. So we'll have to. Not all of them. Well, the two Some ma- of them the two live main in the United States. I know, know, but the main guys are Colin and Martin. They're both in in, in the UK. Yeah, in so the UK, UK right. and Ireland. So they have to record sun, Sunday during the day or something. Sometime I think yeah, they record yeah. like yeah. Sunday or anyway something like that. We'll figure something <clears> out. But we definitely have to have those guys on the show. They're all great. So. All right, next, we're going to go on to This Weekend in Open Source. And I found a distribution to try, and this actually goes back a ways. Um, there was a distribution that many of you may have heard of if you've been in the Linux arena for any kind of length of time called Mandriva. I know when we were doing our um, open source local events and um, our clubs, and I'm like, why am I having a not... Are you having a brain you, fart? You, the lugs, the lugs. When we were doing the lugs, yes, I'm, I'm having a brain Linux fart. users, you're on the lug circuit. Yeah, when we when we were part of the lug circuit around here, Mandriva was actually a a pretty popular, popular option. Yeah. Um, it was like Mandrake and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, and that all the that, same thing, Mandriva, Mandrake, right? And that sort of all went by the wayside. But in 2010, Mandriva project was forked into Magia. And they've quietly been putting out releases every year or so um, for quite a while now, since since 2010. They just released Magia 7.0 release candidate. 6.1 is the current version, but 7.0 is coming out. The 6.1 was released in 2017, so uh, they're actually looking to put out 7 coming up very soon. Uh, it's a Linux, let's see, Magia is GNU Linux-based free software operating system as a community project supported by a non-profit organization of elected contributors. Their mission, to build great tools for people. Beyond just delivering a secure, stable, and sustainable operating system, the goal is also to become and maintain a credible and recognized community in the free software world. Magia started in September 2010 as a fork of Mandriva gathered hundreds of careful individuals in several companies worldwide who co-produced the infrastructure, the distribution itself, documentation, delivery, and support using free software tools. Magia has released several major releases uh, through the years, and like I said, uh, 7.0 will be coming out soon. But 7.0 RC is available for download, and I downloaded it, installed it in a VirtualBox VM environment, and I install the GNOME version on top of it. This is a Red Hat-based distribution that uses DNF and all the stuff that is uh, normal Red Hat-isms. And in the GNOME version, it looks surprisingly like any other GNOME distribution. And it works just fine. I had one little weird thing happen when I did the install. Like afterwards, when it booted up, it asked me for the root password during the boot strike, the cycle. I think this was to do software updates, 
but I had never actually seen that happen before in a distribution. Otherwise, the installation was fairly straightforward. And if you're familiar with any kind of modern Red Hat-based distribution like FC30 or CentOS or Scientific or any of those, it has the same look and feel and worked really well. Access to some of the ham radio packages was a little spotty, like their repos don't contain CQR log or YFK log or anything like that. But they did have WSJTX. They did have uh, FL Digi and things like that. They did not have trusted QSL. So it's kind of hit or miss. And I did not get around to trying to add the repositories from other distributions into there to see how well that integrated. But overall, the installation procedure was very smooth and it worked really well in the virtual machine environment. And other than a little bit of spottiness in the repos for ham radio software, it seemed highly usable. Of course, you can download any of the RPMs for uh, th- that software and it should install and work just fine. So I'm actually going to give my first LHS readiness score for Magia 7.0. I gave it a 4.2 because I think it's it's pretty usable and it's it actually looks really nice. They've done a lot with the GNOME desktop. And if you're familiar with that, it it has a good look and feel to it. It's stylish, looks current, uh, and it operates like any basic Red Hat-based distribution would. So if this is kind of up your alley, you should check it out. Uh, They do have a Plasma desktop version as well and an XFCE desktop version. So you have a couple of options there. And uh, software availability is pretty high. So... If you want to try out a distribution that's been forked a couple of times and been around in the world for quite some time, check out Magia 7.0. All right. Bill, (laughs) events. Give give us our our upcoming event. At least one. Sure. Sure. We'll do the events. We've got uh, LF Networking. It's uh, June 11th through the 14th. It's in Stockholm, Sweden. The LF Networking LFN Developer Design Forum <coughs> plus Plug Fest is a principal technical event for LFN projects. The next event will be held at the Kista Convention Center in, I guess, Kistmassan. Massen, yeah, whatever, in Stockholm, Sweden. This event fosters collaboration both within and across the various technical communities under the LFN umbrella, including ONAP, OPNFV, Open Daylight, and Tungsten Fabric. And that's from our friends over at the Linux Foundation. And LF, by the way, stands for Linux Foundation. So it's the LF Linux Foundation Networking Conference. So there you go. Ah, Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, who? Anyone want to do the next one or Bill? Bill, okay, Bill. Okay. Bill. Yeah, yeah. Events for next week. So here we go. We got the Open Expo Europe. It's in uh, June twentieth. It's in Madrid, Spain. There you go, Spain again. We uh, see that a lot. Uh, Open Expo Europe is the largest congress and professional fair on IT innovation in Europe. With more than 3,500 attendees of the sector, professionals from all industries, communities, major international companies, decision makers, associations, foundations, and institutions, technical profiles, experts, and users of all levels to learn about the latest trends, services, and tools. 
Uh, increase the network of contacts, employee opportunities, generate leads and business. God, this is just a bunch of crap. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so go visit uh, Open Expo Europe. It continues to evolve year after year, offering companies the most up-to-date information on business transformation because we all want transformative businesses, Uh, trends within the IT sector, and the latest innovations. They're basically trying to sell tickets at this point. An entire day of conferences, business cases, keynote speakers, practical workshops, roundtables, demos, and other activities are there to explore. So go check that out on Open Expo Europe. It doesn't say this, but it's actually five conferences in one. So it's ah, a, apparently a lot of stuff. That's why it's got so coming. much. Right. It's got You're so right. Much. So much, so little. Five one-day conferences all under one roof. So if there if there's something that you can't find, you're at the wrong place. But if you're what already in Spain, you should probably just go hang out in Mallorca and enjoy the sunshine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but Go have something to drink. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> have a mimosa. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we also have KubeCon China coming up. Uh, this is June 24th through the 26th of 2019 in Shanghai, China. Uh, it's actually three conferences in one, the KubeCon, Cloud Native Con, and Open Source Summit combined together. Uh, they gather all these CNCF projects under one roof, join leading technologists from open source cloud native communities to further the advancement of cloud native computing. Uh, formerly LC3 Open Source Summit gathers technologists and open source industry leaders to collaborate, share information, and learn about the newest and most interesting open source technologies, including Linux, IoT, blockchain, AI, networking, and more. And you can find out all about that at the link that is provided in the show notes. If you happen to be anywhere near Shanghai or have the ability to get to China, maybe you can stop some of their hacking too while you're there. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Moving on, we have the LHS Open Source Challenge, and I threw in here for this. Install an application using Flatpak or Snap. Just as oh, a different snap. way. Yeah. Oh, oh snap. snap. Oh, Flatpak. Oh, wait, it doesn't really have the same yeah, range. It doesn't, either. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I saw an interesting uh, article on ZDNet that was comparing, like, it was talking about the year of the Linux desktop. Well, we haven't heard that one before. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, but they were talking about one of the the things that's causing the Linux desktop not to be accepted is because of companies uh, focusing on either, like in the Red Hat world, Flatpak, or in the, the Ubuntu world, Snap. So, anyway, that was one of the reasons they I said, yeah. I have snaps installed on my uh, Fedora Core 30, so <laughs> I opted to install Snap, and it uh, runs beautifully. All right, very good. Don says he's checking out. Good to see you, Don. Have a good night. I always miss my recipe. I know he's going to miss the recipe, but so quick, get it in. Maybe you'll get him before he checks out. Yeah, so. All yeah, right, so we're going to move on to hedonism, and the first thing we do in the hedonism world is Cheryl's Recipe Corner. Yes, that is very true. And this week, I am featuring a garlic soup, and this is one of the many of my favorite items that are on the menu at Zydeco's 5 in Mooresville, Indiana, which we stopped at on our way to that conference that shall remain nameless. Um, the restaurant's owned by our friend and fellow ham, Carter Hutchinson, K9KJN. He's been on the show a couple of times. And anyway, I came home from that conference sick, so a brief wine at Hutch managed to get me the recipe, and I think it mostly cured, along with some antibiotics, what ailed me so thank you very much hutch for the recipe and he told me i was free to share any recipe that he ever gave me so 
For the recipe, you need garlic, white pepper, thyme, butter, French bread, chicken or vegetable stock, heavy cream, and you mix all this stuff together, throw it in a bowl, and poof, you have soup. For the full soup recipe, you'll have to check out the Etherpad. Or show notes, excuse me. <coughs> or Etherpad. Or Etherpad if you, if you have access to that, yep. which some people do. So check it out. Very good. And we tried it the other day. Cheryl made the garlic soup at home, and it is excellent. It's definitely really good. He does like those, uh, he does like the, the herbs, because it says thyme and it and yeah. things like that. So. Thyme and white pepper, yep. Thyme, and he also, what's the other one? Tarragon. Tarragon's like his Tarragon. favorite thing. No, it's not his favorite thing. I think it is his favorite <laughs> thing. So. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, yeah. check that out. The garlic soup is very good. It doesn't, it, garlic soup doesn't sound good just hearing it. You know, no, most people are going to be like, garlic yeah. soup, right. Yeah, uh, but you would be surprised. It's excellent. Yes, it is It is a very tasty dish. So, And every time we were at Zydeco's, we get a bowl of garlic soup. Um, and uh, as always, we got a bowl this last time. So, And I think Russ had a spoonful of it before I sucked the rest of it down. <laughs> I offered Bill the last spoon. He's like, no, I don't want to take it away from you. So... But, I'm pretty sure we could have got another one. Yeah, we probably could have gotten another one. Yeah. But we had so much food. Yeah, we sure <laughs> we didn't did, need any more. Sure. Yeah, we definitely did not need any more. God, no. Because there was that special thing we can't talk about that we yeah, each, each got. got a plate it's of, like yeah. One, one would have been fine between the three of us. We didn't need one each. That's for right. sure. Uh, but anyway. All right, very good. So check out the garlic soup recipe. It's really worth trying. It's really, really good. Yes, especially so. if you are sick, because it did it did actually help me considerably. They say garlic is good for what ails you, so right. I think it did help me out. So Excellent. So we're, we're not uh, touting it as any kind of medical relief or anything no, like that. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but they say if you have a cold or something, the garlic does help. So right. Also keeps away vampires. There you that, go. that is very true. Yes. Yes, Russ didn't want anything to do with me after I ate it. So that's good. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we're going to go to my drink corner, and I'm going to talk about Wild Turkey Rare Breed Bourbon. Now, Wild Turkey is something you find on the shelf at any liquor store you go to, but this is the Rare Breed variety. Uh, according to them, this is the true bold spirit of Wild Turkey, captured in an authentic barrel-proof whiskey, creating one of the finest bourbons in the world. Uncut with water, Rare Breed is an uncompromised Kentucky bourbon with tones of sweet tobacco and hints of orange and mint, making it remarkably smooth. It is reportedly a blend of six, eight, and ten-year-old whiskeys and a multiple award-winning bourbon. That That's not reported. It actually is a multiple award-winning bourbon. Um, the mash bill on this is 75% corn, 13% rye, and 12% malted barley. I found that on a website, so if it's wrong, don't blame me. I got it from someone else. That sounds suspiciously like an MGP um, distribution of grains. I'm not saying it's MGP, but it very well could be. Uh, the ABV on this is 58.4%, 116.8 proof. It comes out of Lawrenceburg, Kentucky in the United States. The color on it is surprisingly light. It's like a light honeyed caramel. It's very light considering that they say there are uh, 10-year-old whiskeys in there. But it is what it is. Uh, the nose, see, they say up in the description of it that it has hints of tobacco, orange, and mint. 
And I got very little of any of those when I was getting this. Um, my nose on it was caramel, vanilla, gingerbread, uh, raspberry, and surprisingly very strong on the raspberry. It, that's kind of an odd nose note for a bourbon, but to me it was very distinct. There is a little cis- citrus extract essence, kind of like an oil of citrus, which I guess you could call orange, but to me it was just more of a generic citrusy note. And then sawdust, sort of like the dry... You know what sawdust smells like if you've ever been in a lumberyard, something like that. You definitely get that essence of sawdust. It's a very particular nose, uh, and it's pretty prominent here. On the taste, it's kind of funny because the taste is nothing like the nose, nothing at all. The first thing that I got is butter cake, and if um, St. Louis staple gooey butter cake, um, so that's probably going to be something that a lot of people don't recognize or don't recognize how what it is but it's a very it's like it's literally like buttered bread but super sweet um and it's very delicious if you're ever in st louis get some um but that very prominent like gooey butter cake so if you've ever if you ever get a chance to have some you definitely should um and then you should try this whiskey because then you'll be like, oh, that's what that's like. <laughs> um, there's also a little bit of fruitcake, sort of like the the alcoholy, um, sweet fruit in bread, a little bit of clove, a little bit of like dark honey wheat bread, stuff like that, and, and sort of bread grain. It's all the flavors are all in the bread grain sort of world with like a combined sweetness and i'm when i say that i'm saying it in a kind of bland way but it doesn't come off as bland it comes off as very enticing actually and when you when you smell it and then taste it right afterwards it's really really pleasant i actually enjoy this quite a bit uh the finish on it is pretty long it's it's a high abv so you do get a little bit of an alcohol hit that's kind of unavoidable but you also get a little bit of pine along with all those bready notes and it fades into kind of like a sweet caramel. So overall, I find the wild turkey rare breed really enjoyable. If you like the bourbon, and this is a Kentucky straight bourbon, if you like the essences of bourbon that has a little bit of a sort of different flavor profile but is square in the middle of the bourbon world, you're really going to like this. It's also really affordable for a barrel-proof bourbon. Uh, it costs about $45. Most places will be 45 to 50 depending on where you buy it. And I like it enough that I'm going to keep it stocked all the time. And I'm going to give this a rating on my 100-point scale of a 92. So it's a very good bourbon. So if you get a chance to uh, spend $45 on something that's actually pretty accessible and has a really good flavor profile, especially, you know, well into the bourbon camp, check out Wild Turkey Rare Breed Bourbon. And Bill's going to tell us about something, a beer that is actually pretty accessible as well. Yeah, this is probably available everywhere. This is a New Belgium Brewing uh, Fat Tire. It's a uh, amber ale. It's a 5.2% ABV. Uh, IBUs, well... Not enough for this drinker, but uh, it's it's nice and smooth and crisp and clean. And this is what my wife thought I wanted for beer. 
<laughs> so this is what I have. I did. I did have a great. Uh, I did have a black IPA at uh, a local brewery here today, but I didn't get the actual name of the beer, and that was pretty enjoyable for a black IPA. I normally don't don't care for those because those can be really hit or miss. Um, but it was pretty good. But yeah, I'm sitting here drinking a couple of you know fat tires, throwing them back here. If you're uh, it's out of Colorado, so most people can probably get this. I've seen this just about everywhere in the in the U.S. market. It's pretty uh, pretty accessible. So uh, yeah, not too bad. Could be better. <laughs> fat tires everywhere. It's just not high enough in the IBU category. I know how you are. We actually have uh, fat tire coasters. We got like a, <laughs> a stack, stack of, of them. them. Yeah. yeah. So. But anyway, yeah, if you want to try some new Belgium fat tire, you're not going to have a problem finding it. It is literally everywhere. So there you go. And with that. It's a Budweiser. (laughs) (laughs) I was like the uh, event that I was thinking about going to the other day. They were were having basically a keg party, and Mm -hmm. they put out a post that said, okay, we're going to buy a keg. What option do you want, Budweiser or PBR? PBR. (laughs) I was like, can we choose a third thing? (laughs) (laughs) Anything but the other two. Anything but one of those? Is that like... (laughs) I guess water is the other option. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyway, all right, well, that is it. We have recorded episode number 288 of Linux in the Hamshack. We had some folks in the chat room. We had Ted, WA0EIR, Fred, N2NRV, Don, KB2YSI and noob to the podcast live stream, Steve KA7HVT. We want to thank everybody for tuning in and we hope that uh, you all have a pleasant week and we will catch you again when we record episode number 289, our deep dive episode. So definitely tune in for that when it comes around. In the meantime, be good to everyone out there. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD, 73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter, and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash NHS podcast on the Freenode network, and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. 
visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.